This is AgriPulse Drive Time brought to you by the American Sugar Alliance, committed to a bright and sustainable future for us all. Learn more at sugaralliance.org. Good Friday afternoon. I'm Spencer Chase. The long-term status of biofuels policy is a near-term issue for the industry. Jeff Cooper is the president and CEO of the Renewable Fuels Association. He says the EPA is currently working on policy to address the renewable fuel standard after the congressional volume mandates expire in 2022. By statute, that final rule is supposed to be out in October of this year. Uh, EPA has already confirmed to us that they will not make that deadline. Uh, they, they think they'll probably be lucky to have a proposal out uh, this summer or early fall, uh, and then a final rule probably sometime in 2022. Earlier this week, EPA Administrator Michael Regan said at the AgriPulse Ag and Food Policy Summit that the Biden administration was especially interested in the growth of advanced biofuels. President Biden made it clear that agriculture will have a seat at the table. So he and I are lockstep in that. Because your perspectives are critical to all areas of our work, especially climate change. And he's been specifically focused on biofuels and advanced biofuels. National Corn Growers Association CEO John Doggett says he wants to see an inclusive view of that category. My point to him was, Mr. Administrator, corn is an advanced biofuel now. The corn that existed back when we did the 2008 energy bill is completely different than it is today. The ethanol processes that were in existence in 2008 are completely different than we have today. We have made all of this advancements in in this space, and now you're going to go ahead and limit us because of a term that is no longer uh, relevant. Also earlier this week, the EPA granted an extended compliance deadline for the 2020 renewable volume obligations. The carbon market conversation also has livestock considerations at play. AgriPulse's Ben Nulli has more. There are some opportunities for livestock producers to benefit from carbon markets, but a leading animal health company says metrics are needed for quantification. Sarah Place, Chief Sustainability Officer for Elanco Animal Health, spoke at the AgriPulse Ag and Food Policy Summit earlier this week. She says there are several things to look at on how livestock producers can benefit from helping improve emissions. There are those win-win situations where we know we can do things like, again, improve health of animals, improve productivity of animals that have direct economic benefits themselves, right? So things that save feed resources, essentially increase income over feed costs for the producer and also reduce emissions. So that's one angle of this. That type of intervention, though, does require good tracking. But if animal performance benefits aren't included, other incentive options may have to be considered, she says. That's where I think we get into what are the new different market situations, whether it's investments by companies back into their suppliers to increase the adoption of these technologies, or if it is some sort of uh, carbon market or other program. But all of it requires good measurement and credible measurement so we can have confidence in whatever that framework looks like going forward. Place says opportunities for the livestock industry to reduce emissions include feed production, enteric methane or cow belching, and methane and nitrous oxide emissions from manure. For AgriPulse, I'm Ben Nully. Finally today, a major cultured meat company says it will be upping its production capacity this year. 
Eric Schulze with Memphis Meats says part of the company's growth process will include a facility that could be operational soon. The regulatory hurdles for this for this industry are, are not trivial. Uh, and, and largely, I think a lot of them have been surmounted, but there are quite a bit that we continue to work with, you know, local, state and federal regulators uh, as appropriate. They're going to really set on the time that we get to market. But, you know, we're currently building our production facility right now, uh, and we're expecting to have that operational before the end of this year. Schulze says the company will be focusing on the restaurant space in its go-to-market strategy. However, some regulatory hurdles remain after USDA and FDA announced a joint framework during the Trump administration. Now, here's a word from our sponsor. Today's AgriPulse Drive Time is brought to you by the American Sugar Alliance. America's sugar producers are committed to a bright and sustainable future for us all. This is made possible by America's no-cost sugar policy. Learn more at sugaralliance.org. That's all for today's Drive Time. For more agriculture, trade, environment, and regulatory news, visit agripulse.com. Reporting in Washington, I'm Spencer Chase.